Australia Explained, keeping you on top of all things down under. In this episode of Australia Explained, we break down our federal and state governments. What are the similarities, the differences and the current issues? Hello everyone, my name is Tanya Ragusa. And I'm Vanessa Di Grazia. And welcome back to Australia Explained. We'd like to start by acknowledging that we're recording this podcast on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and as always, pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and future. Today is all about looking at the difference between the federal government and the state government, their relationships, and how they work together, because it has been a big talking point this year. Yeah, and this topic came up, we shared something on our Instagram story of Scott Morrison talking about his victory in defeating COVID in Australia, um, which a lot of people said, I think that was the Victorian government. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so how the country and the states have handled two of the biggest crises this year, the bushfires and COVID, um, is really interesting to look at and has really exposed, I think, to a lot of citizens that wouldn't have noticed before that there is a big difference between what powers these governments have. Yeah, yeah, and I think the division of power has been more obvious than it ever has been, but probably, yeah, more confusing too. And also looking at the how different parties, like when you have a Liberal Premier and a Labor Premier um, in different states, how they coordinate actions with the Prime Minister, you know, it, it's all been a bit confusing. So I think this year we've been forced to identify with our states rather than as an Australian, and I think, you know, especially in a state like New South Wales or Queensland or even Western Australia where their COVID response has been quite, you know, strict and hardline, um, they're sort of defending that and, and saying that they're proud to be in that state. It's quite a weird dynamic this year, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And just another quick point I just thought of, um, when we're looking at media bias as well, it's really interesting to see how um, responses in different states has been treated. And once you look at it, um, it's definitely based on party lines. Like you won't see much criticism of Gladys in New South Wales and her handling of COVID, um, even though there definitely was some mistakes, whereas Queensland and Victoria mm. get absolutely disparaged in papers yes. like The Australian. So just it's interesting yeah. in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. And it definitely catapulted some of the premiers into fame. I saw a TikTok of... Um, a remix of Dan Andrews' speech being played at a club in Perth, which is just like... The get on the, get on the beers one. Yeah, get on the beers, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious because it's like, well, Victoria's still the cultural centre. You're playing our premier song in your club. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's very interesting to look at systems of government um, in this sense, and we're just about to explore that, so let's get started. Okay, so let's start with the basics of Federation. Yeah, so Australia used to be divided into six separate self-governing British colonies. And the original colonies were New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia and Tasmania. And that's because ACT and the Northern Territory did not exist, hence why they, they later became territories and not states. Northern Territory bounced between colony control and federal control until 1978 when it, when it became its own autonomous government. But by self-governing colonies, we mean that they had their own government, their own laws, defence force, um, there was taxes across borders, and they were all under British rule. So there, there was no unified Australia yet. And this really came to a head in the 1880s when, te- when tension started to build um, because we needed a unified response to trade and to defence and to immigration. And this is when the 
the discussion of federation began. And and that's why all the states were federated and we all became one country on January the 1st, 1901, just to be a little bit dramatic. Uh, but yeah, that's our date of federation. I love that, just to be a little bit dramatic. Um, <laughs> and a little thing about Northern Territory and that region here. When I was doing this research, I found out that in 1939, this thing called the Kimberley Plan was suggested. And it was basically that the Jews in Europe that were fleeing rampant anti-Semitism, which eventually came to be realised as the beginning of the Holocaust, um, they proposed to the Australian government to create their own Jewish state in the Kimberley region, which spans, if you don't know, um, the Northern Territory around... Oh, the, sorry, the Northern Coast around WA and Northern Territory. So their plan was to relocate 75,000 Jewish refugees to create an agricultural city there. And this wasn't like some tiny little suggestion. This was a serious plan considered by the government. There was um, like petitions and talk in the media, all that sort of stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And um, there's also no documents or local recollections of any consultation with the Mirarung Nation that lived there, the Aboriginal Nation. I'm not surprised. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And it was eventually vetoed because of the Menzies government. They believed that the creation of distinctive alien communities wouldn't be in the national interest but it's just interesting to think that what if this plan was approved and we had a version of israel in the kimberley region it's just really weird that's so i did not know this so so it was going to be like a separate colony just yeah. of jewish people yeah a separate state like completely wow. country <laughs> yeah that would have radically changed the landscape of australia but i think at that point you know, the Menzies government shut it down because the idea of colonies had just gone out of fashion. You know, we had been federated for 39 years by that point. Um, and it just made things complicated for taxes, for trade, for travel. You know, before 1901, the train journey between Melbourne and Sydney was delayed at the border in Albury while customs officials searched passengers' luggage. So imagine having to drive, like we all take you know, road trips across Australia. Imagine having to wait at the border and have your luggage. So it just, yeah, it's too complicated for us, I think. Very complicated. There was also this cultural shift from thinking of ourselves as British to thinking of ourselves as Australian. Mm. You know, mm. this sense of national pride was cultivated. I don't know many Aussies today that would consider themselves British. Um, and yes, there was a few referendums before Federation in 1901. They obviously voted to become their own country. And in 1901, we all came together. Australia was born. Okay, so that was the history. Now looking at the current system of government, how do we divide the powers? Okay, a little civics lesson here. So there are three levels of government in Australia. So there's the federal government, the state and territory governments, and the local councils. We'll focus on the first two the most. Um, Councils control local matters like housing, pets, rubbish, sewerage, that kind of thing. But back to federal and state. So there's different streams of power, the one of them being exclusive powers for which the federal government controls entirely. And then there's concurrent powers for which the states and federal government work together. So some of those exclusive powers include Centrelink, Medicare, foreign policy, currency, citizenship, customs, defense. And this was actually included in the list with all the rest. <laughs> Lighthouses. Like, odd. Like, I don't care about lighthouses. Maybe because it is, like, some sort of defense or, like, you know, marine travel. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just surprised it, like, earned its own distinctive category. But <laughs> that's fine. You do you, federal government. Um, and then concurrent powers, the ones that they share, are education, environment, health, marriage, trade, and tax. 
So, for example, the federal government controls the universities, whereas the states control schools, teachers and vocational education. Yeah, I think that was a really great breakdown. Then we have residual powers. So that is after all these exclusive and concurrent powers have been defined, um, whatever is left over for the states are called residual powers. So these include control over hospitals, um, roads and railways, public transport, community services, forests and beaches. Um, And, you know, these might appear a bit messy and maybe to degree, you know, the lines that blur these boundaries are. Um, But we were trying to simplify it as much as possible. Yeah, there are thousands of words of documentation that outline exactly who controls what to the absolute tiny detail. And we're sure these, this, that, this year, those legal frameworks have been scanned over many mm-hmm. times to figure out who the hell's responsible for any of the things that have happened in the burnage, gar- the burning garbage fire that has been this year. <laughs> yeah, and, and one being the bushfire crisis from late last year to early 2020. Yeah, it seems so long ago now, but it really wasn't. Yeah. Like this time last year, so much of the country was already on fire, which is just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, as we've discussed on this pod before, ScoMo did cop a lot of flack for his actions in the bushfire crisis of last summer, most famously for ducking off to Hawaii on a holiday while a good portion of the country was on literal fire. Um, also good on him for being able to turn that PR disaster around to the pushing yeah. 64% approval rating that he's experiencing at the moment. It's really, mm-hmm. really good work actually on his behalf. It's funny how quickly public opinion can shift Or how easily we forget about things. Maybe we're coming from a a metro Victorian perspective and I'm sure, you know, people in rural Victoria and New South Wales will never forget the bushfire crisis, but it's it's very interesting to see public opinion shift um, given all the other issues that we've had to deal with this year as well. Yeah, it's been a very fast news cycle in lots of Mm -hmm. ways. Um, and his defense of his actions during the bushfire crisis was simple. He said the federal government had no jurisdiction and he was actually half right. Yeah, yeah. So the federal government cannot conjure a response to natural disasters, um, but they definitely have the capacity to at least, and responsibility, to support it. And this is mainly through um, providing funding for the aerial firefighting service and also controlling telecommunications to make the response more coordinated. Um, when the aerial service began in 2003, the federal government was providing 50% of the funding, but by 2017, this has slid to 23%. So we see that responsibility, um, I guess, minimising in a sense. Yeah, and in 2019, when the fires began, um, millions more was dumped into the service in a bit of a scramble to gather all the necessary resources. But I think we can mutually agree that it's a damn shame that the funding wasn't provided Mm -hmm. earlier. And the bushfires made it really clear that not having any framework for a coordinated response between Canberra and the state governments was a huge issue. I mean, fires don't recognise borders. And there was state, namely New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland having to coordinate with no framework to do so, which was really rough. Um, so just last week, there was the Royal Commission into the fires wrapped up with some recommendations. Yeah, so one of them was um, an organisation called the National Disaster Recovery Agency that will still not override the states, but it will allow them to coordinate and access more funding. Before, there wasn't a single federal agency that dealt with the natural disasters. It, it was a bit of a mess between, um, I mean, the Department of Health, Environment and, and other agencies, which made it hard to give out resources. So this is a, a sort of step up. 
And another recommendation was a nationwide integrated warning system and app to yeah, warn you of any potential fires coming up. They love an app, don't they? They do. And although we hate to talk about COVID, mm-hmm. perhaps where the division of powers has become the most apparent has been Australia's response to COVID-19. Yes, COVID. I think I think last episode you said you said we can't not bring in ScoMo to every episode, but I feel like we can't not bring in COVID to every episode. It's just, I know we're sorry, guys. We're sorry, but this is if we're going to talk about the difference between a federal response and a state response, this is the ideal example. Um, I think because COVID more than anything highlighted the powers of constitutional law, and and whether you agree with the why or not. Freedoms were restricted in ways that have never been before and we all had to adjust because it was up to the states to decide whether it was a criminal offence for you to go to school or to not wear a mask or to sit with a couple mates on the beach. or And, and it differed so much between states and that's where we it sort of became competitive in a way. And it I felt like, I don't know about you, but I got a bit of hostility between different states and you know their responses and especially when victoria went into our second lockdown yeah there, there definitely was a, a, a separation of powers there yeah i definitely think we maybe we were more hostile because we were the the sad part of the country <laughs> but <laughs> yeah that's okay and just as within a natural disaster crisis within a health crisis the powers are with the state so the federal government's role was definitely greater than that in the bushfires, especially at the beginning of the crisis, given they were the ones that were responsible for travel and immigration. You know, they were the ones that banned travelers from mainland China back in Feb, also seems like a whole lifetime ago, mm-hmm. um, and the ones who closed the federal border completely. Yeah, and fun fact, we're, the only, we're one of the only countries in the world where you need a permit to leave the country at the moment, not just to enter, and that was a, that was a government decision. The government was also, the federal government was also responsible for the economy. So while the states have been increasing their capacities of restaurants and opening and closing their state borders, Canberra has been rolling out all their economic reforms. You know, we have all the um, stimulus packages and things like that to support people during this time. And um, we talked about this quite a bit in our budget and recession episodes, if you want to go check them out and, and look at that in more detail. Yeah, so being responsible for the economy was definitely the federal government's biggest um, responsibility during COVID. Yeah. Uh, But the fact that the states have managed the health crisis has been frustrating for a lot of Australians. I mean, you touched on this earlier, but we're used to identifying as Aussies, not as these separate state people. (laughs) And on an emotional level, it's very jarring and confusing being able to do things in some states and not in others. Um, and not being able to travel in between, which has been obviously so hard for people with family across state borders. Yeah, if any listeners want to message us with their own thoughts and experiences around this, please do, um, because we want to hear what, what, like, what it's been like, what your thoughts are on this, I guess, state divide. But I think COVID, I think we can say that COVID has changed the way in which the federal and state governments will interact because we did form a national cabinet. So before May this year, there was a thing called the Council of Australian Governments or um, something that ScoMo described as a place where good ideas go to die. Yeah, so essentially there isn't that much difference between that Council of Governments and the now National Cabinet, apart from the fact the National Cabinet meets far more often and seems to be taken a whole lot more seriously. It's actually covered by the media, etc., mm. whereas the old council was just kind of a bureaucratic 
failure. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, but although some people argue that the issues it had to dealt with were a lot more controversial than, you know, save lives because of COVID. Um, so time will tell if the National Cabinet is actually successful in the long term. And most of the discussions in the National Cabinet have been about border closures, which basically consists of ScoMo begging everybody to open up because it's costing an estimated $319 million a day to remain closed. Yeah, and just to note, the National Cabinet consists of ScoMo, so the Prime Minister, and then the, the Premier and Chief Minister of each of our states um, and territories. So it's, it's like a big board of Australia in, in one room. But once again, the border closures is, is where state tensions arise with the likes of WA's strict border closures and also um, Victoria's objection to the New Zealand travel bubble and, and all these different um, issues. So I think overall having states and territories within a country does make things a bit tricky in terms of trying to coordinate the response. When I was reading up for this episode, um, a lot of writers like drew comparison between us and New Zealand so New Zealand's blessed with the absence of a federation. They don't have separate states. They just have one government, one source of emergency response law, criminal law, public health law, policing power, and it makes things much simpler in a crisis than is the case in Australia. Yeah, and I think we have to think that um, we have to consider that Australia is a much larger country than New Zealand. Um, so maybe having the states is a bit it, it is necessary in a way, um, and all our states are quite different as well. So there's different needs across Australia and and in terms of our population. Um, so it, it's a question of could we benefit from just having a federal government, or is that too much of a centralisation of power? Do we need the states? It, I think it will be um, an ongoing question, especially after 2020. Something I've thought about recently, especially seeing like the disintegration of the Ameri- of America, is that maybe one day we'll have different states in Australia. Imagine like WA just decided to become its own state. Yeah, who knows? It's a possibility. And now it's time for our recommendations so our listeners can learn a bit more about the issue. Vanessa, what have you got for me today? Well, admittedly, mine's not really even about the issue, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, it's it's an ABC News article about that idea of the Jewish state in the Kimberleys because I just can't get over it and everyone has to read it and be as shocked as I am. Yeah, no, that was a big piece of history that I did not know. I think that is so fascinating. I caught you out. You didn't know something about history. <laughs> Good on you. Um, mine is a short piece in the conversation about the difference between the Council of Australian Governments and now the new National Cabinet. And it, it discusses what intergovernmental collaboration will look like in the future, as well as the potential issues, because there's always going to be issues that arise with something like this. So if you're wanting to, um, to look a bit more closely at that, you can. Uh, we'll leave all the links in our episode notes for you to check out. Look at that. I recommended something historical and you recommended something political. There you go. We're switching positions. Uh, And that's it from us today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think. We're always interested to hear your thoughts. And in the meantime, follow us for more short, sweet and simple Aussie content on Instagram and TikTok at Australia Explained Pod. All the info is in the show notes for you to check out. See you next week. Bye. Bye.